So hey guys, it's Mike, the HVAC Reefer Guy, and we are back again for another podcast with John Womack from Womack Electrical, Electrical, right? Electric yep, or Electrical? Womack Electric. And here in Paso Robles, California, uh, we're going to do a podcast with him, but I, I, first I've got some sponsors. I want to thank Solder Weld. Uh, Solder Weld is the maker of hot block, round rod, alloy saw, multi-saw. They've got the heat resistant blanket. They've got hot block. They've got some awesome stuff. I also want to thank Choice Refrigerants. Uh, you can find out about Choice Refrigerants at choicerefrigerants.com. They're the maker of R421A. It's a drop-in refrigerant to R22. Uh, Interplay Learning. I always thank them. They're the digital online, the best in digital online training. So check them out at interplaylearning.com. And I want to also thank who am I so, oh, Choice, Interplay, and Supco. And they are they have awesome tools through their Trade Fox program. Uh, those are tools built and created by Techs for Techs. So check them out at supco.com. So we did the podcast with um, what the heck local is non-union, Garrett. local non-union. And uh, Garrett says, "Oh my God, dude, you're going to go to Paso. You need to meet John Womack. He's an electrician. He's killing it. He's a great guy. You need to see this guy. You need to meet him." So we did like a little three-way thing, right? We were texting today yep. on Instagram. Let's take it easy on that three-way. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so we did, we did a full-blown We did full-blown three-way. So like if your kids are listening right now, send them out of the room. Um, explain shit <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and um, so we had this conversation on Instagram. He said, you need to meet John. John and I spoke a little bit, and then John says, you need to come to this winery I'm going to show the Eberle Winery. Eberle, yep. Eberle Winery. I got, I got that all wrong. I'm stuck at the B-R-L-E. Eberle Winery. Yep. And they are in Paso. And he says, Mike, you got to come down inside these caves. Um, they took my boss and I in these caves. And uh, it was pretty, pretty freaking cool, the caves. And I'll be sure, if you guys can, get onto my Instagram or my Facebook pages and or my YouTube video. There's going to be a video about the caves that are underneath this winery. But John, you're an electrician. Yes, sir. But how did so? You're from we talked to you're from the East Coast, from New Hampshire. Yep, did did my, did my New Hampshire. I am uh, accent free at this point because I'm tired of uh, I got tired of having my ass handed to me for right. habit, for not. But what were you doing before electrical? Um, I was just framing and kind of floating around with with no real direction. And I had a random guy come up to me who was an electrician, obviously needed some help. And we're talking 20-something years ago when nobody's worried about your feelings and whatnot. And this, and this guy just asked me, uh, where, where would I be in a couple years? Mm-hmm. And I told him I really had no plan. I'd probably be doing exactly what I was doing at that moment, which was just uh, nailing up hardware and, you know, just no-brainer job. Right. And he said if I was willing to take a... Six dollar pay cut, which mm-hmm. back then was was a, a lot. lot for sure. Uh, he'd allow he'd buy me tools, get me started. I, I'd have to pay him back with a a company that I don't even know if it's still around called Astro Electric, down in, in SoCal. Mm. And I did it, and from the best choice I ever made, best risk I ever took, and for probably the one person I think I'd probably ever listened to. So did you go to trade school, or was it all field taught? No, uh, I did field taught for about nine months, uh, ended up moving back east to help my mom out, and I did my apprenticeship back there. Through the union? Uh, no, non-union, mm-hmm. uh, state-sponsored apprenticeship in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And, New Hampshire. Uh, 
New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Cod the backyard. Backyard. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I, I don't know where the hell I'd be. I'd probably be in jail, to be honest with you, if I hadn't found the trades. So when you got into the trade, though, it was it was brought to you through a friend of yours, right? Yep. Or, and then he, he got you in. Did, did the trade come to you naturally? Or were, did it struggle in the beginning? Or were you like... Hey, you know what? The, oh my God, this is where has this been all my life? Um, it came. It came. It was a little rough because I, I just, I just didn't know anything. I was literally green as a dollar bill. Just, just getting started. I had to, you know, he's holding my hand through everything. I'm worried about getting shocked, even not knowing that whether anything was hot or not. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was a little bit of a, a struggle at first. But what I realized after nine months of being with you know, with Astro and with those guys, I went back east, I got into the apprenticeship, and I started to realize that those guys didn't know shit. That's why it was so hard for me. There was no teaching technique, there was no, there was no direction. Do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that, and there was no, there was no progressive uh, steps. Right. Right, so, like, everything was new, but nothing had any relation to anything else. It was just a, a piece at a time. But through the apprenticeship, they, you know, I got with a couple companies back there and they, you start with residential and you start with the basic shit, your home run boy. Mm-hmm. You run your circuits from the panel to the home run locations mm-hmm. that your boss has marked out for you. And when you could get that done in a day, mm-hmm. uh, then they would bother to teach you like circuits and whatnot. But it just, it taught you to hustle mm-hmm. and yeah. Now the trade schools, and I know this, the trade schools and the apprenticeship in the East Coast in Canada is way different than the West Coast because you have to have like X amount of thousands of hours of yeah. this and then you have to test and then you X amount of thousands of hours of this and there's different licenses and different certifications. Sure. In California and Arizona, you just get a driver's license and out you go unless you get a union job. But if you're in a non-union job, there's no certification. That's the East, crazy. You're crazy, no. right? No the certification? East, uh-uh. we, don't, we have to have an EPA card for handling refrigerants, but there's no licensing body here that says... You have to have anything. I mean, right? When we started in the trade, I'm looking at my boss. Yeah. When we started in the trade, you just, the service manager really determines your level. Like if the guy lies and says, like I've interviewed a lot of guys that are book smart and hand stupid. Like they got the answers down, they get on the job and they can't pick up tools, they don't know what to do. I've had other guys that are hand smart and head stupid mm-hmm. that make the best best tech they know how to work with their hands they don't know all the terms and all the technical stuff but they're they're super awesome techs west coast is a little different yeah uh like on the east coast you go through the apprenticeship you get your journeyman and then you i think it's you do a if i remember correctly another year and then you can apply for your masters and and that allows you to be a contractor right out here when i moved back out here after my apprenticeship in new hampshire Came back out because I was tired of freezing my ass off and right. reaching into a pouch and having staples stuck to my fingers, mm-hmm. just over it. Came out here and really the the California State Test, the Journeyman's was just kind of being, just being launched. I was right. probably the twelve hundredth uh, mm-hmm. Journeyman electrician with a card out here, and then it, I waited way too long to get my contractor's license. Which is a different thing. So, how long did you work in the field before you said, I'm going to become a contractor? Uh, I was kind of forced into it. I had my old boss, I won't name any names, just 
had a bee in his bonnet that I wasn't taking care of him or whatever, and he just slowly tried to force me out, tried to get me to quit so he wouldn't have to pay the unemployment. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, I don't have any work for you today. And then he'd call, like, that'd be Monday, Tuesday. I would come in, and he would uh, he would tell me that. And then, I, then I'd get a call Wednesday morning. He'd be like, hey, at 11 o'clock, I got a job, I got a service call for you, and it'd be like an hour. Mm-hmm. Just enough to keep me, you know, like, I'm, st- I'm employed, quit, so I don't have to pay you unemployment. Fought him on that, and then, because I, I had two kids at this point, uh, a two and a four-year-old, I fought him on that with a, uh, did a courtroom, like, but via the right. phone, talking to a judge, and right. explained my story, he checked it out, and long story short, I won the unemployment, and I went, got my C-10, and just figured, all right, well, I'm tired of making that guy money, I'm going to go do this for me. So you're going to bring up some a different line of questions now. Uh, okay. So, because I didn't know you... You did it that way. When we when we spoke, I didn't sure. like didn't dawn on me. Yeah, yeah. So I have a series called the Entrepreneur Series. Uh huh. In that, when you became an entrepreneur, did you understand the financials? Uh, right zero. Away? So what happened on that? I mean, look at me. I fucking box of rocks. No, no. no. <laughs> I mean, I, I get that, but, but I mean, but just not not my, I mean, not my realm. Like I'm a dude with tools. I like, got you, but you had to have then financially. Like any entrepreneur, Jeff here is an entrepreneur, and when, as an entrepreneur, you probably made some financial mistakes. Like, I interviewed a guy last year, Kevin at Seaside Gas, he he runs a heating gas company in Vermont or something, and I apologize, Kevin, if I'm wrong, Massachusetts, I think he's in Massachusetts, and he, and he would say all the time, he says, when you're an entrepreneur, it's not your money, and I said, well, explain that, he goes, like, when I get a check, it goes in the bank, and I pay my workers' comp, my gas, my overhead, my rent, my truck, True. this, this, True. right? And whatever's left over at the very end <laughs> after is after all of this sure. crazy crap that goes on. Sure. He's like, I'll take a little bit for myself until the company gets to a level to where the cash flow starts coming in and I can pull a regular check. But he goes, he goes, I literally, maybe for a month as things were first got going, I didn't have any money in the account because I was getting the business going and I didn't understand that it was not my money. Like some guys will take a check they get from the job and drop five thousand dollars sure. and go out and blow and go, dude, we got five grand, we're buying yeah. a boat. Well, well, you know, then all of a sudden the bills start coming in and these people people get white trash rich. You see these people with beautiful trucks lifted and all that screams is like, a I cost a fortune and I'm a right. moron because like I, I'm not managing my money. So did you have that problem in the very uh, beginning? No, no, uh, I did buy. Uh, F-150 crew cab, because mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me, uh, I was going to be divorced oh. within <laughs> three months of me or so of me leaving. Let's just say I believe there was a, a, a plan in place. I got you. I, I bought an F-150, big enough to carry my kids around and my tools and all my crap. Um, to be honest with you, it's, it's, it's not even being financially savvy. It's being willing to... I was just willing to work when I was with my kids... Mm-hmm. 20 hours a day, whatever, whatever it took. I went with my cards. I went door to door. You sell yourself. As an entrepreneur, you're selling yourself first. If someone thinks you're a moron, you come to their door. Hey, do you know, I'm so-and-so. Do you, if you ever need an electrician, here's my card. Happy to take care of you. Uh, like, say, if it's a salon, I would go there to get my hair cut. Hey, while I'm there, hey, here's a card. There was not a hand that I met mm-hmm. and shook that did not get a card. Not a restaurant that I went and ate at that did not get a card wineries mm-hmm. right i was just willing to do anything you you need a cable run 
Although, you know, I got a huge commercial background, I'll come in and I'll run your cable for you. Mm-hmm. You don't want the, the cable guy to just staple it to the outside of your, you know, your McMansion that costs you a couple million bucks out right. here. I'll take care of you. I'll do the dirty work. I'll do the fishing. Like, I'll but when, do whatever. But when you got the business going yeah. and money start coming in, it did you understand the account receivable, account payable thing to where money that was coming in? Or did you all of a sudden realize, holy shit... I got to pay stuff with a credit card because I've overexpended. No, uh, I, I was, I guess, in, in that mindset, I was pretty, I was always nervous about having bad credit because I knew good credit was the key to everything. I didn't have a shit ton of money. I had good credit. So what I, what I ended up setting up for myself to buy myself a little window because I wasn't always sure when people were going to pay. And it was, once you've done the work, it's a waiting game, contract or no contract. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I set up with my uh, supply houses uh, there's 30 days, right? Mm-hmm. I buy, I have 30 days to get that paid. Then if I pay that with my credit card, then I have another 30 days. So I have 60 days total mm-hmm. before that technically comes due, right? And I'd like to say with a gut feeling, 99% of the time, I've only been burned a couple mm-hmm. people around here, or the people at least that I've had the, the fortune, I've been fortunate to deal with, they've paid on time and within that window with no real issues, and I just, I'm so afraid of being broke because I grew up as a kid with nothing that I just, I, I save a lot. Mm-hmm. Especially at first when it was just me, I didn't have any employees. I'd bring my lunch with me, I'd bring my dinner with me, I'd bring beers with me, whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever it took me to get through that evening and I lucked into a few decent sized jobs. Like, uh, if you don't mind me name dropping, no, Soul Tree, women's shoe store downtown. Right. Um, Piper, the owner, gave me, allowed me to go in there and and do all the work. I could work late hours because, to be honest with you, the divorce is a little difficult. And you got then, some free uh, shoes? Yeah, although I'm not saying I can't pull them off, but uh, <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not saying I wouldn't look good. But uh, then after that, and I don't want to get into some big sob story, but it's just how work and, and your job and everything can keep you focused and keep you like in, 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 the fu- in, a, in a fucking lane. Right. Uh, my mom passed away. Uh, I think within a year of that, and I, it's all—it's all a blur. And then I think within two years of that, my brother, LAPD officer Chris Cortillo, was killed in the line of duty. And oh man, sorry about all that. this. Hey, he helped a lot of people. A lot of people loved him. I mean, there were three thousand people at his funerals. Mm-hmm. Fucking amazing. Just the the amount of support, and I don't know. You don't hear enough of the good shit. Uh, this job and the fact that I owned it and, you know, I was, I was my only obstacle, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I could work whenever, as long as I didn't have my kids, I could do work whenever I wanted, save every fucking penny. Mm -hmm. And there was just a lot of people willing to take a chance on a small company. And to be honest with you, I've done a couple jobs that, especially early on that I probably had no business doing, Mm -hmm. but I happened to be, you know, drinking buddies with the general or, Whatever he was willing to give me a shot, and I had good credit, and we just we just made it happen. Made it out. Yeah. So as the company grew, did you grow into a a multi man shop? Because yeah. a lot of guys, a lot of companies grow into a multi man shop, and then the owner realizes like, God, I'm fucking stupid. Like I was more profitable, making more money by myself. Or did you have multiple employees, and that happened? Or um, I slowly got bigger, and we've probably gone through in. In the past 10 years, probably 20 guys, 30 guys. 
But I got a main, a, I got a good group of uh, four main guys, and I realize that when I bring people on as apprentices, th- their end goal is like my, you know, ended up being my end goal, was to be on your own. You're not here to be a lifelong employee or, mm-hmm. you know, you're obviously moving, at least I assume you're moving forward to owning your own business. Like I've said on, you know, a couple other podcasts, I'm creating my own competition out here. But then you know? that's... In a weird way, you're doing the trade of service. You're creating your competition. Sure. Because there is a gigantic gap and skills gap in blue collar. Sure. We need sure. more guys. We need more women in we the trade. We need more schools. We need more schools. You're training your competition, but in a weird way, it kind of comes back to you full circle. Yeah, they're going to be competing with you, but you just, like, you can't do it all. No, for sure. Like, And I couldn't possibly do... This, like these jobs here, like remodeling that tasting room right. that, I, that I walked you through. Like I could do it by myself. would take me forever. And then all these other jobs that were getting done, mm-hmm. you know, would, they would just be neglected and or in somebody else's hands anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just can't be done without employees. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think growth is inevitable. Like, it has to happen. So, with that said... Yeah. I ask this question every podcast, and I get a different answer. Are we doing enough to promote the trade? Trades? No. And I don't care if it's plumbing, electrical, HVAC, whatever. Are we doing enough? And if we're not doing enough, how do we get the guy, the young men and women in high school now to start thinking about it? Or what would you do? What would you do? Well, there's an opportunity now, and and I'm taking it with my kids. But, I mean, you can't force this stuff on anybody. Like, I'm buying, uh, my ex and I are buying uh, my boy Cooper a welder, so he can he can learn to weld. Uh, he's got, him and his brother have all my old tools. Uh, now that everyone's doing kind of a stay-at-home thing, there's a lot of people, like, like if you had kids at home, mm-hmm. they could be learning HVAC, even like just little bits, and in the worst case scenario, maybe you're not steering them to be in the trade. Maybe they're just going to save some money and be able to do and handle some things on their own at their own house when and if they own it. But if we, there's just such an opportunity with everybody being at home and having, and parents being in more control because schools aren't going to do it. You're not going to see uh, all those trade classes come back. Everything from woodwork, welding, like you said, you know, the shop, right. auto. That stuff's not gonna just not gonna come back, and we're steering our kids to. They want to sit at home and sit on the computer, and and they see these people making millions. They assume that there's not money to be made in the trades, and it blows my mind. I know I know guys that are making 150 an hour down south. Mm-hmm. Some of them not that bright, but they're good at their job. Right. You don't have to be a fucking genius. Right. You just don't. I'm no genius. I'm just I got a work ethic. My mom beat oh, that. My mom, my mom fucking beat that into me. Uh-huh. I didn't get anything for free, and at the time I hated it. I'm sure my kids hate me, thirty percent of the time because I make them do stuff. But hopefully that turns into an, a work ethic, and maybe we can steer them towards some stuff they at least like to do. There's just not enough people uh, willing to work with their hands nowadays. Like I interviewed this guy on Saturday. He lives over in Ceres, California, off the 99. Yep. And um, I said, what should we do? And he goes, honestly, he goes, in a weird way, this COVID thing and people realizing who's essential service Mm -hmm. is going to benefit the trade because there's a lot of people going, damn, dude, you're an essential service. 
you didn't get laid off and you were making money while everybody else was sitting at home? He goes, honestly, he says, I think a lot of young people are starting to hear the word essential service and it might benefit us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'd have people in Arizona dying if it weren't for you guys. If they didn't have AC, they'd right. be dead in their house. I mean, you're you're physically keeping people alive, and and your well, stuff your stuff wouldn't your stuff wouldn't work without the electricians. And well, I have this theory because I did another podcast with a guy, and he says, "Well, what is your theory about blue collar?" And it's really weird. Jeff's gonna look at me like, "Yeah, oh, you're crazy." <laughs> but like, if it's not for the power generator, the lineman can't take the power out. Sure, the lineman takes the power out. The carpenter builds the houses that we live in, and without the air conditioning or the electrical, he can't build the home. And then the drywaller needs the electrical to do the drywall, charge the battery. <coughs> Every single trade from generation yeah. all the way down to distribution, all the way down to air conditioning, all the way down to the paver and the gardener, like everybody's linked together in this giant blue-collar thing. Sure. And if you can't find a job somewhere that you like in blue-collar, like, like I don't understand how that could be because you can do anything from... From sales to estimating to welding to sure. cleanup to design, like anything. Yeah, there's just it's it's an endless opportunity. Yeah, and the the money's there, especially if, with with a work ethic. And if, if you're if you're business savvy, say you're computer savvy, mm -hmm. and you learn the trade, I mean that that's a huge bonus. I know a lot of guys that you know, are not computer savvy, you know, guys that are like, you know, 35, 40, 45, mm -hmm. that are maybe just getting rolling, or maybe this whole COVID thing forced them out into the field, and okay, I have to, you know, you have I, to I have that. to do this for myself. Right. Some people, do, you know, just some people don't have a choice. There's a lot of small companies that are closing down. Um, I guess th this has been good, and, and, any, and any little depression in building because you get rid of all the people who aren't good at either maintaining relationships through networks, More or they're money. just not good at their job, or, or maybe both. they, yeah, maybe they just don't care. Mm -hmm. A lot of people look at things as a as a one stop shop. Mm -hmm. I don't like like I said, most of the people, and it's a little scary sometimes, but most of the people that use me or use the company, we've been working for for 10, 10 or twelve years, mm -hmm. and. And it's scary when you don't have the growth and you don't have the new people. But I mean, almost every time I turn around, when these guys, when you know these guys need something, right? When everybody will give me a call, like and like I said outside, they don't always ask me to bid. They just they, they trust that I'm going to take care of them. But it's based on a relationship yeah, and trust. Absolutely, absolutely. And and that's you get a lot of times you get what you get. Mm -hmm. Not always. Like I said, I've been burned a few times. Um, but you're they, doing good. I mean, yeah, you're doing yeah, yeah, yeah. you're doing things right. I mean, he's not driving an ugly truck. No, and I think we're. I just fixed up my old F one fifty that I bought after the divorce. I fixed it up. Uh, my buddy fixed it up, and we gave it to. Uh, he just gave it to my wife uh, Friday. Oh. So she's driving that. She's driving that around, and we got. A, I got my truck and a service truck. Oh. And. You're killing. Not yeah, not not a huge shop, but we're we're doing well. We we haven't slowed down at all in this whole COVID thing. I feel knock on whatever. Knock on I I feel super fortunate, you know. So it shows that work ethic and just being able to build a relationship and being a decent human being, it actually works. So let's talk tools. Uh oh, okay. Let's talk tools. <laughs> Our, this always seems to divide people. No, only if you... <laughs> well, it divides my boss and I because I'm a DeWalt guy and nope. he's a Makita guy. Uh, neither. I've had both. 
Uh-oh. Nikita early on, I had the ones, and this is going to date myself, with the long-ass battery. Yeah, nine volt. Or, yeah, where you could spin and knock somebody out because the damn handle is so long. Uh, and then I had a full kit of DeWalt. So what do you use now? Uh, Are you I, Milwaukee Red? Yeah, I, I switched over to Milwaukee. You like but the M12s? And for me, yeah, all of it. Like I could show you my toolbox is full. Mm-hmm. Just every, every need, they seem to have met it. I was big on rigid, like, okay, so Makita is where I started at, because that's, that's what I learned from day he's, one. He's big, Mika, like, then my battery will go dead. Then I to the little orange batteries. <laughs> my battery will go dead on the job site, uh, and he'll be like, huh, my Makita battery's doing great. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, I should have bought a Makita. Uh, See, and you should flip it over and be like, you should try using your tools. Uh, your, yeah. batteries, well, your batteries might not last I, as long. I would, I would take a shot, but here, there's a theory between us, like, whatever I say to him comes... Comes back to yeah, that hundred times worse. Yeah, probably some shit job down the road. <laughs> so yeah, so you I don't, don't know about you. I don't say anything. <laughs> it's always yeah, yes, sir. Um. <laughs> but but then I so I went to Dewalt. I had a, I had literally I think I had everything. I had that giant duffel bag. Yeah. just filled with shit. That's where all my money. Are you went. a pack out guy? Uh, no, not no. I'm not big on that. Just no. it's literally just the tools. I'm not. I what like about, my stuff neat, but no. I don't I don't care who makes it. I don't plan on carrying everything in. It's a little at a time, like a, as I need it. What about, like I'm a Klein guy. I like Klein. Are you a Klein person or do you use... I like everything. I think the tool for the job. I can't say that Klein lineman, if you went my bag right now, I have Klein, Ideal, and Southwire for, for different linemen. Oh, Hang. Southwire. I think this, <laughs> this podcast is over. Well, we've had a good day today. I'm going to erase it now. Hey, Baller on a budget. Like I said, I, I try to be good with my money. If I'm going to blow something up, if I'm going to forget it in an attic, in a basement, well, yeah, in a crawl space, I didn't think you were going to drop the S word. The S word. I got to say, they, oh, they, they I, did. I feel sick. I won't say it again. They, no. they, they, did, they did hook me up at first with a couple of meters and some random stuff that I passed out to my guys. Right. Me too. But I called them out on, they had an advertisement, oh. right? Oh, I got my ass Yeah, chewed. me too. I called them out on some weird advertising, how they brought MC in, and I think it was like a Romax Connect. It was just something weird. And I just, I mentioned it, I go, hey, you got a lot of trades guys who, you, you're aiming at electricians, I'd have your advertisement right, or people are going to, you know, they're going to bash you on it. Mm-hmm. And it got all pissy, and they're just like, oh, well, next time, you know, we'll ask for your, you know, we'll call and get your opinion long before we send anything out. Never I'm heard from a, him again. No, I stopped, I unliked them. I stopped oh. following them. Like, there's yeah. no need to be a dick. I, I'm just pointing it out. I wouldn't want if I fuck something up. Somebody, please tell me well, so we I had can a, fix it. We had some magnetic screwdrivers that we were got for a testing, uh, and one of my guys is not with us anymore. He lives in Texas. He puts a screw on the end of the magnetic screw, and he was going into the panel uh, because the unit was running, and he was going to tar- torque it down. And the screw fell off and almost went between the aluminum lug block and the unit. And that would have created like, you know, a big dead short. Arc flash. Yep. Arc flash. It would have been horrible. So we thought that it was the screwdriver or it was the screw was too heavy. So we tried it with multiple size screws. screws, And then it, if you move it around, it fell off. So we did a video. We sent it to them. And then they said, oh, we'll send you a new set. Maybe the magnetism wasn't strong enough. We did it. We tested it again. Screws fell off. Yeah. So I said, listen, you can't take and send these screwdrivers out because you've got problems. And then I got a really nice note that said, if we need your opinion, we appreciate it. But we'll let you know. And then, boop, they were gone. 
Then I went on this hate campaign. I, was, <laughs> I went on this I hate campaign. I didn't care enough. To oh my god, I was serious. So I don't, you know, don't, we don't. But you know, they still make some good products. Sure. They've got some sure. awesome fish tapes. They've got some awesome stuff sure. out there. Um, but they, you know, they're they're a decent company. They do some good stuff. I, I have a hard time following anybody just because they've been here a while. Right. Right. Did, like Klein, they make some bitchin' products. I, I have a bunch of their shit in my truck. But I didn't buy it because it says Klein on it. I bought it because it's a quality product. Because right. I've also had strippers from Klein that just suck. Like right. They last a couple days, and then the, the screw or whatever at that joint for the two pieces, right. the two halves come together, <clears throat> the teeth wouldn't line up correctly or it wouldn't strip it just it just didn't work for me. So I don't buy shit for the name. I'll buy it for as long as I need you know, it. I'll, well, I'll go to Harbor Freight. That's what I was just going to say. I, mean, I go to Harbor Freight. I don't buy Makita at Harbor Freight. But <laughs> I don't buy Makita. I don't buy DeWalt at Harbor Freight. But Sure. But like you know, bits. You yeah. know bits and stuff you're going like to hammer anyway? You're going to... You're going to use, you know, your pliers as a fucking hammer. If they're not going to work, right, right. <laughs> in, in after the job, you just figure it into the bid. Like, I got into a little argument with somebody, uh, I don't even remember who the fuck it was. I made some flippant comment in a post about Harbor Freight, just me at Harbor Freight. Oh. Like, I'm not fucking embarrassed. I'm, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll happily go in. And uh, this guy just started blasting me. He was like, oh, okay, you can spend three times the money, buy, you know, buy three of those, and I'm just going to do it once with my Greenly Unibit. And I'm like, dude, I got these Unibits for like 19 bucks. It's a kit, and they're different size step bits, and it was just a non-issue. I still have them. I still use them. They still mm-hmm. work. And they just people, because it's Harbor Freight and they're relatively inexpensive, mm-hmm. people are going to knock it. Just paying more doesn't mean you're getting right. a better product. That's like people who buy Beamers, and they don't even know what BMW stands for. They buy it because it's got that fucking emblem. They know nothing about the vehicle. They're buying it because of the name. Buy shit that works. Buy shit that works for you. If you don't have 50 bucks for a pair of linemen, mm-hmm. right, fancy linemen, go buy the cheap ones. Just be happy being the baller on the budget. I'm still going to make as much money right. no matter what linemen, what strippers. And as far as that magnet goes, would have been fucking hilarious if you used a Klein magnetizer, the little keychain, right. on it to fix it and sent them that video. Right. This is the Klein magnetizer fucking your screwdriver and fixing it. Thank you very much. So how are you on meters? Um, like I'm good. pretty much, I'm a flute guy, but I also like some of the, for air conditioning wise, mm-hmm. we have a field piece line and the, the new stuff out on field piece, you know this? The new stuff on field piece allows you to test capacitors while the unit's running, which is crazy, right? So you can actually test the capacitance on a capacitor while the unit's while running. You don't have to shut the system down. You just get up and it tells you. So what are you? I'm a flute guy. I like flutes. See, I grew up using Klein. Well, you like, did. So I grew up using using their. Or I can't even grow up. I came up in the trade using Klein meters. It's just what my boss used, so I used it. Then I kind of bounced around with Ideal. Um, I just kind of keep them line. simple because I'm not gentle. Oh right. right. I'm bull in a china shop. Can't tell you how many screens have gotten cracked or been left out in the heat, right? Mm-hmm. In the sun, and the screen gets all that weird. Or at least when they were LCD or whatever, they got all black. Right. Um, all depends on uh, on what I'm doing. What? But what are your favorite? Like obviously the Milwaukee's a favorite. Do you have anything that like specialty tools that you just can't do without? Do you have something like you know like a laser that marks out the ceiling grid or? I you know? I have them. Uh, I have one on one on both trucks mm-hmm. and then one in storage. 
But I mean, what are your specialty tools that you really like that an electrician would use? Like if there was an electrician, a, let's say an apprentice or a mid-level came to you and he said, you know, John, um, I've got everything for hand tools. What are the tools that an electrician would use? So like a uh, Klein, not to keep harping on Klein, maybe I do lean toward them a little, a little bit. That's okay though. But, but like their fish sticks mm -hmm. are fucking amazing. I got three sets. I got one, uh, I don't remember the, the diameter, but one really thick set for shooting across drop ceilings so mm -hmm. I can be... 30 feet away and still aiming the, the mm -hmm. end of the fish the, the fish stick. They also have another kit, a little tiny kit for just fishing from like an outlet to a switch short uh -huh. three or three or four. And they're actually flat and plastic. Oh. Very pliable. Uh, they come with glow-in-the-dark ends, so you can see them when they're in the wall. Mm -hmm. Then I have another set of glow-in-the-dark thin fish sticks that are four-foot sections. But they're, they're thin, pliable, but they also come with, uh, I got an LED flashlight head on it, which, are, which is fantastic as far as shoving that in the wall mm -hmm. and do the old trick of, uh, if you're fishing up, three holes in the top plate, one for the flashlight, one for your eye, and one for the, one for the fish. Mm -hmm. And with that light up head, I mean, you can aim right at a switch Whoa. box, right, right at a KO, and made it super simple. Mm. Uh, I have a Greenlee toner, but that'll do uh, 12 feet. It's been fantastic, 12 feet in the ground. And I've doubled that down with a uh, metal Greenlee fish tape, a steel fish tape. Mm -hmm. If we're like uh, over at Sextant Winery, <clears throat> we're IDing 15-year-old uh, PVC pipe. They put that shit in 15 years ago. It runs about 1,000 feet and comes up in various places uh -huh. uh, along, the, along the driveway and at the gate. So what we'll do is we'll shove our fish tape in there, and then with this green leaf... You don't blow a string down or something? Uh, no, because I'm still trying to ID where the other end is. Oh, wow. I have no idea where it goes, because it could be capped, it could be buried. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we'll, we'll shove the steel fish tape in, and on this, uh, it's a giant wand, ground spike in, one clamp on that for signal, so now you got a, a earth mm -hmm. reference, then the other clamp goes on the steel fish tape. I turn the signal on, I go over where I can physically see my fish tape, mm -hmm. and you know what? And it makes the noise and scans it so I get a I get a center. And then I literally scan back and forth. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's good for twelve feet down, and I've been up to twelve hundred feet away. Wow. And had uh and in order to do that with fish tapes, I've had to cut and then we've we've had some welded together mm -hmm. and we just keep them in coils. And we just shove it in as far as it'll go until it stops. Then we trace it out. And then you mm -hmm. pothole. You look to see a direction. And slow but sure, that, that thing has been, I wish I, I wish I knew the, the part number on mm -hmm. it. Because it, it's been fucking fantastic. Best $1,200 I've ever spent. Made my money back. First job. Were there, were there tools that you bought that you went, holy shit, why did I buy that? Or have you been pretty good on your selection? Uh, I bought... Other than a DeWalt. Did you ever buy a DeWalt and you're like, I shouldn't have bought that. Well, I, I should have bought the Makita. I did sell my entire DeWalt kit for 100 bucks to my... Oh, so my, it's worth something. <laughs> to, my, to my guy, we, we called him Grandpa. His name's Danny. He, he split off to go to Vegas. Oh. He, he's over there working. And I just wasn't, I just wasn't happy. Yeah, I got you. Just had some issues. Um... Where was I going with that? Just tools that you don't you don't need that you bought that maybe oh, you're kind of like hmm. I bought it's funny it's a Milwaukee it is a wet coring so you hook a hose to it it's a coring drill because right. we did a gym and we did some uh, in the concrete 
I'm drawing a blank on the fucking names. But there's just, uh, it's a gutter, but it's in, it's in the concrete. We drill it down. Uh, we had to do six-inch flooring, uh, floor boxes. Right. Into that gutter. And they, they didn't want any penetrations at first because they weren't sure if they were going to use it. They just wanted it in there as a just-in-case. So I bought that drill. I probably paid about 2500 bucks for it. Bought some six-inch six inch drill bits, which actually look like uh, old scuba diving tanks that somebody put diamond bit, you know, right. diamond clusters on, on the edge of them. Mm-hmm. Never used it. Wow. Not once. It's still sitting in my storage collecting dust. I'm at a point where I, I, might, I finally might just sell it. And then I promise you the day I sell it, I'll need that thing. Uh, hammer drills. Milwaukee again? Or are you a Hilti guy? Uh, not, not Hilti so much, but uh, the ones I own are Bosch. Oh. Bosch. And then uh, I can't remember the other one. But I've, I've had uh, all corded, though. But for, for cordless, it's, as far as I'm concerned, like all Milwaukee. my guys have Milwaukee. Milwaukee's just easiest. I got all the batteries for it. So if, you're, if you're a Milwaukee rep hearing this, it's John <laughs> Womack. Don't call the HVAC reefer guy because I'll have my DeWalt. <laughs> my DeWalt. But you can call Jeff with his Makita with a DeWalt. No, uh, I'm assuming Milwaukee does it. They sell enough product. They don't give a shit about no, it. No, actually, they've got like a really? Milwaukee. It's like a national... It's their NPS. I don't know. It's like National Product Show every year. Yeah. And they get together and, you know, the Milwaukee guys are, you know, they see the latest and greatest stuff. So you never know. One day I could see you walking around with your badge on and trying stuff out. And, and they're going to be like, hey, remember that guy you did the podcast with? And he's like, here's the, the, here's the Makita. And so he's going to take a shotgun. Or not a Makita, a DeWalt. They're going to shoot the DeWalt. So why haven't you ventured? Just, just to bounce a question. Huh? How come you've never ventured out of DeWalt? Just... Just completely content? Um, <laughs> content? I actually start. <laughs> wait, I actually started off in a Makita, uh-huh. and I had Makitas for years. I had the six volt, then I had the nine volt, uh-huh. and then I had you a whole the bunch. Long, yeah, the really long yeah, battery. Yeah. I had that one for a long time, and then um, I think it came down to um, it was warranty, like. There was a Makita shop in Santa Ana, California that I could bring my Makitas in to be serviced. And it was something that they said was neglect on me. Yeah. And they wouldn't warranty it. And so I said, well, F this. And I'm going to go. And, and then Home Depot started making their... They started getting bigger. And Home Depot... Because I was buying everything then from like whatever the parts house sold. But then Home Depot started coming around in the, in the 90s. And then I switched over to Walt, and I just kind of never left. But I, I like to buck the trend a little bit. Mm-hmm. If everybody's into one thing, sure. then I'm going to be the asshole in the group walking around with a yellow drill. But then I don't have to worry about the DeWalt being stolen because nobody likes the DeWalt anyways. And Jeff was like, hey, you want to use this? And he does. He does this. He'll be like, oh, this is nice. And he throws. Because <laughs> he doesn't give a shit about He's it. like, I'm not using that. <laughs> like, he'll look at it and be like, oh, my God. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then, but he likes his Makita and, and I just kind of like the DeWalt. I don't know why. But then what happened was, um, when I moved to Phoenix about five years ago on Broadway and 40th was a DeWalt center, a service center. And I went in one day with the DeWalt and I said, hi, I just bought my DeWalt. And he looked at the battery and they put it like a quick charge mm-hmm. and he ran the quick charge. He goes, oh, it's bad. And went over, bought a brand new one and goes here, like no questions. Then like no, I said, do I need to do paperwork? Nope. 
I thought, wow. I guess you can't beat that's, that. That's pretty badass. They moved now. I don't think they're on Broadway and 40th anymore. But it was like, that like solidified it. Now I've had some DeWalt's that I didn't like. Sure. And I've had some that I do like. And I did the bag thing and all that. And um, I've got like really no complaints. Um, DeWalt's been good. I don't know. Yeah. And, and, for, then, and then my son, my son's a chiller tech down in San Diego. He, because of me, he's a DeWalt guy. Sure. And then I, and then um, the sat on uh, vlogger HVAC vlogger, the one I did on Saturday, he was a DeWalt guy. I just, I think it kind of, it comes and goes. Why do you like DeWalt? Why do you like Makita? It's the best thing out there. The best thing <laughs> out there. But have you always been a Makita guy? No. No. What were you before? When Milwaukee first came out with their eighteen volt stuff, right? Cordless. Uh huh. I bought one. And after right just past a year, it died. The motor died on me, and oh. the batteries went dead. And I went to him. I said, "Hey, this thing's barely over a year old." Uh huh. I said, "Sorry." And I went. Bye. Bye. So you buy from Makita Phoenix? Have you been to that shop over? There's a Makita Phoenix. It's over on on the east side, like in Mesa. I just picked up a Home Depot. Oh. So I think that's why. I think it's just, and then you get comfortable with it. Yeah. For you know, sure. and then you, I, I you can just, totally see that. Like you know, I'll go into Home Depot and I'll my eyes aren't even looking at Makita. And I'll just, I go right to the De, to the Dewalt side, and I've been okay with it. See, for know? me, it's variety. Like I, I the love, Milwaukee I love Milwaukee's is killing insane it. As far with, as what they have, they're, uh, and Dewalt always seems to be behind him. So Milwaukee comes out with it, and then Dewalt comes sure. from behind, and then Makita doesn't do. I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Makita does their, their like they don't give a shit about either one. They just do their own thing. They do random shit. Like yeah. I saw a coffee maker the other fucking day. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't even want that on my job. I'm at my guys <laughs> fucking around with their coffee. Hit Starbucks on the way to the job site, dude. It's for right. customers. <laughs> we put that there for the customers. Of course. <laughs> of course. So, but I just I thoroughly enjoy it. their R and D department. Must be just fucking constant. Yeah, they're, the they're amount of money they must spend for sure. Like the lights, they've got a really cool battery operated light that comes up on yep. a pole, and you can swivel that head. They got two versions of that. There's the big boy that's fucking right. huge, and then I have I got a little tiny one that's also the tripod. Like I just picked up their their heat shrink gun, their heat gun. Nice. I haven't yet to use it, but no. for me, it's I need options. If I'm going to spend a shit ton of money, they're going to charge me a fortune for like say one huge battery. I need to do as much as I can possibly do with that, you know, 150 bucks or whatever right. I just spent on that battery. I got to know that I can get my money back. I have to. And I just, like, for me, I went from DeWalt. I went from Makita, DeWalt. I tried Rigid because they started having more and yes. more stuff. Right? So right. I got sucked into that and then realized, well, this stuff's shit. This is made for a homeowner because it kept falling apart. Right. Handles were breaking. And like I said, bull in the china, I'm not gentle with my stuff. I'm out there using it. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to spend my money, you know, I'm, I'm away from my kids working. I'm away from the wife. <laughs> it, uh, that's what gotcha. needs to, you got to spend it. Gotcha. It's got to, it's got to fucking work and last. Okay. If there was somebody listening right now and they were thinking about becoming an electrician or getting into blue collar would there be some advice that you would give them? Would there be something you say, like for me, it would be watch yourself. You know, be careful. Um, definitely the best career choice that you're going to make. But be careful. 
Like, I work for a great company right now. Sure. They got great benefits. And, and as much as Jeff and I, you know, we joke each other back and forth. But bottom line, like, it's a really great company. Every, he's an owner, and he's in work with Levi's in a work shirt. Sure. The other... And two owners. The other two owners are in work shirts, Levi's, and work boots. I mean, there's days where we have to dress up in slacks and a dress shirt when we're going to go see a customer. Yeah. But as a company, we gel differently because everybody does everything. Like even the ladies in the office, there's a lady in the offices. They know their they know their routine. They know what they have to do. I was talking to a guy yesterday, Garrett, and I said, he goes, "Well, how do you guys flow?" I says, well, nobody has titles. Like, there's no anybody walking around. Like, you don't have vice president on a plaque on your desk. Jerry, the owner, president, he doesn't have president. Everybody does something. And so when I tell people about Blue Collar, like, like as much as you're picking the career, the company has to pick you. Like, there has to be a vibe there between the two. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you fit. And when you go in the door, it may take a couple of weeks to jive. But when you fit, it'll feel right. That's sure. what I tell guys all the time when they go into blue collar. Like, just be patient. What would you advise? What would your thing? Uh, I'm I'm along the same lines. You have to. For me, I needed to feel like somebody gave a shit that I'm not just I'm not just a set of hands. They wanted to teach me. They saw value in me learning, mm-hmm. and that's exactly how I view my guys now. Whether I bring you in and you're completely green, or you know I'm I'm paying you. I'm paying you as an employee 75 bucks an hour to, to get the job done. I need, I need them to, to know that the more they know, the more they're worth. Okay. And, and, and then I, I give a shit. Like I want you to learn. I want you, mm-hmm. the more you can do, the less you have to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Here's your fucking parts. Here's the job. If, if you don't like me as a person, the the more you know, the more you can be on your own, and, and the, the the sooner you can move forward. Whether it's up in my company or if you decide it's not a good fit, you can move. But I think you just you just you gotta learn. You, Is, you, you gotta be able to learn. Do you have? And I'm gonna say this, mm-hmm. and you might even have one. And your dad, because dad was a cool guy. Jeff's dad was a cool guy. Do you have something that you live by or work by? Like mine is do the right thing and risk the consequences. Like I had a good buddy of mine. He's like, do the right thing and risk the consequences. Now, that means if I tell the truth but I get some shit for it or I get fired for it or whatever, in my head, I do the right thing and you risk the consequences. On Saturday, if the guy Ernesto, his dad taught him that nobody likes a man with his hands in his pockets. Sure. I thought, holy crap, that's pretty intense. Like, nobody likes a man. He's like, he, like, he said, he said if we were standing there watching Dad work, because his dad was a mechanic, standing there with hands in our pockets, watching Dad, he goes, we were immediately given a lawnmower, you're going to go help Mom do the dishes, you're going to go mow the yard. Like, nobody likes laziness. Nobody likes... Sure. You got time I mean, to clean, you got time to clean. Did your dad have a saying? Like a value that he taught you? No, but you know we grew up in a small rural community on a farm. We had a garden, so we we worked a lot. Worked hard, but you just, he instilled work ethic. Yeah, that's just what we did. What about you? For me, um, I like to think that it's reciprocated. Just take care of people. Oh. At, at the at the end of the day, the customer has to be happy, mm-hmm. regardless of how you feel the job the the job went. You may think it's great. They may be you know they may think it's subpar. 
they have to be happy because a uh, good reputation is harder to build than a shitty reputation. Mm-hmm. So there's been jobs that I've done that I've finished. You're not going to win on every job. That's obviously the goal. But for me, once I get to a certain point in a job and the owner, maybe whether it's uh, with change orders and whatnot, has, has changed the job and it's become more expensive and they see it as overwhelming. Uh, if there's an issue with uh, the amount, I will finish it, and I, I assume it's a problem we can hash out later, right? Because mm-hmm. I took it, I took the job, assu- uh, assuming that you know, they, they were as good as I think they are and as good as I think I am. So I assume that there's, there's wiggle room at the end to make everybody happy. But I, but I do go into jobs you know, willing to, mm-hmm. I may have to take an L, you know? Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not huge, but... You know, yeah, if, if they're happy, they, hey, uh, if, uh, the job didn't... But, but that customer could turn in a win down the way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, there could be a referral down the road. Right. So if they wanted to get a hold of you, uh, do you have an email that you want to give out? Or do you, or uh, you have, what's your website? Is it womackelectric.com? I have that tied up in a right. so legal, what is, legal dispute. Like, with we're a worry about that. Okay. But um, <laughs> do you have a website? Or that's tied up in the legals, but do you have yep. an email? Uh, email womackelectric at gmail, two M's in Womack, and also, uh, so that's Womack, W-O-M-M-A-C-K, electric at, at gmail.com. Yep. And then, uh, Womack Electric on, on Instagram. Womack on yep. Facebook? Uh, no, I've, no. I stopped doing Instagram. that. Instagram. So you're stones. at Womack Electric? Is nope, there just, an underscore? Just, nope, just Womack Electric, all, Womack all Electric. one word. Okay. And, uh, we do have a... Little side project that I do is therapy. It's a PB and J custom lighting. Okay. We do a, a ton of custom lighting. Just we've done bars here in Paso and the the shoe store right. that I was talking about. Piper's let me put some pieces in there. Coffee shops. But the big thing is if somebody an electrician or an apprentice electrician has a question and might hear this and go, hmm, that guy sounds like he's exactly kind of like the direction I'm going. It would be Womack Electric at Gmail yep. So we're at 50 minutes, went okay. by like that. Sure. And um, again, all of you that listen to this, I just appreciate you so much. If you need to get a hold of me, you can do, th- do so through uh, HVACReferGuy at gmail.com. HVACReferGuy at gmail.com. I end every podcast the same way, which is, you know, work safe, be safe, and be a good human. Because, like, there is so much shit going on in the world. There's COVID. Absolutely. There's cancer. There's people needing help. There's people needing um, a, a, a meal. There's people needing their car washed or, or an older person on your street. Like, don't forget about the people that need help because it's so easy to just blow through life and, and sure. they become out of your mind. So just, man, just be a really great person and reach out to the ones that need some love and need to hug and give them that love. Uh, again, if you need to get a hold of me, it's hvacreferguy at gmail.com. If you need to get a hold of John, it's womackelectric at, at gmail.com. And again, work safe, be safe, be good humans, and we'll see you next time. See ya.